Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Save Not Soft. I am Emmy Moore, and I am your host of this podcast. And this is a Christian podcast where we talk about all things Jesus, navigating your walk with Christ, and what it's like to be a Christian this day and age. And I'm so excited that you guys are here. If this is your first time, hi, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Emmy. If you're returning, Thanks for coming back and let's just be in community with one another and learn more about our God. I'm speeding through this intro, y'all, because we have a lot to talk about. My notes is kind of crazy. They're kind of they're kind of long. It's a lot. So um, we're going to have to speed up this intro. And this episode is titled Everything Happens for a Reason Part 2. And if you haven't seen the first episode you need to go back to it. There's a part one to this and you really won't understand everything that's said in this episode if you don't watch that one first. So if you haven't watched that one, go watch that one first, come on back and uh, this will all make sense. Last week, we talked about God's will and what this topic, everything happens for a reason is about is everything does happen for a reason, but it's not always God's reasoning. It could be our reasoning, the enemy's reasoning, or God's. And anything good, bad, joyful, painful, suffering, whatever it may be that happens under the sun, we immediately associate that and blame it on God. And I really want to bring Christians to the realization and into the light of there are things we decide that determines things that happens in our life. Um, and last week we talked about God's will and how his will will ultimately prevail. And we're going to be talking about today about our will and the enemy's will. Most of it is going to be our will because to keep it a buck with you, I really don't got much to say about Satan. And I feel like it's pretty like, it's quick. Um, so we're going to be talking about our will today and how we just think we're in charge of everything. And girl, we're not. We're really not. And I talked about last week how there's three wills, yes, but how they all have a different definition that I came up with. And God's will is something that ultimately prevails. Our will is making choices that glorify ourselves. And the enemy's will is an impermanent being causing permanent destruction. What do I mean by making choices that glorify ourselves? Because that's our will, right? We do things that we think is the best for us. We like to play the God card. We like to sit in the throne and make the decisions and call the shots. And every time God's trying to talk to us, we just shut him out. And this is absolutely poisonous to our salvation. And this is crucial for every single Christian to know because it's going to one, kill your calling and two, your closeness to God. So um, God's will, what we talked about last week, will, all, will always prevail. It will always work out. He is the same. He has not changed from the beginning to the end. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And if he's in control, because God is the only one in control, how is it that we get to make our own decisions and why do they have an effect? Well, it's because God has control, but he has given us authority to make decisions. He has control over the universe, over his kingdom, but 
what we decide, what we have authority over is making the decision of, okay, how close do I want to be to God? Scripture starts and ends the same in the garden. It starts in Genesis, ends in Revelation, where? In the garden. And guess who hasn't changed? God. What's in the midst of those stories, of those chapters, of those books? It's stories of people like you and me making decisions that is determining their closeness to God. And we have the authority to make those decisions. And let's be honest, a lot of the things we choose the majority of the time causes separation between us and God. Like, think about it. How many decisions have you made to where it's affected your your relationship with God and how many times you've gone to him just being like, God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. And he's like, if you just want to listen or read your Bible, this wouldn't even have happened. Like, I'd even want this to happen to you. And I talked about this last week, but it's such a fact. Like, you can't blame God for the things that you're doing. You can't blame God. Like, I, I swear, this is how we be. I'm not even trying. I used to be like this. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to, hey, like, I, okay, before I, <laughs> I go into the rest of this episode real quick, I'm going to be knocking at your house today. I'm going to be coming in places where you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about this, but y'all, we got to talk about this because we need to invite God in this space and let him clean it up because it is messy. A lot of people, a lot of y'all will do things that you know goes against what God says and then be mad at him that you did it. God, I can't believe that I, my parents kicked me out because I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to listen to them. They won't let me smoke weed. They got mad and they caught me with my pen and I just can't do this. They're just so strict. And God's like, why are you even smoking? Why are you dissing your parents? Your parents are trying to protect you. And they've given you chance Time after time after time after time. And now that they finally kicked you out, now you're mad and you're blaming me. Like we do things and that's just like, that's just one example. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my head, but there's just, there's just things we do and then immediately go to God, be like, God, why'd you do this? And he was all like, look in the mirror and point the finger. Cause it's going to point right back at you, hun. What did they say when you point, when you point the finger, like three are pointing back right at you. That's literally what it is. And God's like, you think that's me? You think I produce sin? There's this verse. James 1, 12, 15. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Beautiful. Love that. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each, oh my gosh, listen to this, please, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, 
After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. That is absolutely sickening. This is how serious sin is and how, if we invest into our will, how toxic and poisonous it is. Let's reread that. After the desire, our will conceives, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. This is the result of our will. It tells us in James 1, 12 through 15. The desire, our will. My, my way's going to work. Oh, I got this. I don't need nobody. I got this all on my own. I don't need help. How many of you guys are like that? I am. It's hard for me to receive help from other people because I'm like, I got this. If I don't do it my way, it's not going to be the way I want it to. It's a control thing. You know what? I'm going to do an episode about control, like fully. One day, um, pin that in the back of my head. But how many of us are like, oh, I got this in the bag. Oh, don't touch that because you're going to mess it up. If I put my hands on it, though. How, how dare we say we got the power in our hands by ourselves? So we do things out of our own desires, our own will. It gives birth to sin. And as a result of that, sin results to death. This is what happens when we follow through our will. When we go through with our will, it produces sin that produces death. And not just like a, like a, like, you know, like, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, what is she doing? If you're watching, like, I'm like slitting my throat and like sticking my tongue out, like, like you're dead. Like, it doesn't mean like your, your, uh, like your physical body dies, but everything else decays because that's how toxic and poisonous sin is. Our bodies aren't even supposed to contain it. And... God's will, it ultimately prevails, but since there's freedom here on earth and he's given us the authority for us to make our own decisions, his plans for us doesn't always fall through here because we choose not to be obedient to him. Let me give you an example. Luke 7, 29 through 30. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words and acknowledged that God's way was right because they have been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. So this is talking about the people who, the tax collectors, the citizens who heard God, acknowledged him, they were baptized by John. But the Pharisees, which were the overly religious people, rejected God. The Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. They made that decision. This was not God's plan. God didn't want the Pharisees to say no to him. God wanted the Pharisees to go get baptized. That's what God's will was. But yet, the Pharisees said no. And what's an example of his will always prevailing? Is at the end. When they see him face to face, what's going to happen? Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue shall confess. So this is what I mean, that his will will ultimately prevail. 
he gets the dub, even though here on earth we say no. It's crazy how stubbornness and ignorance, it, it's, a, it's a pride. It's a pride issue and it's a heart posture. And I think a lot of us have been broken and hurt and treated in, uh, treated cer- in certain ways that have uh, made us not trust people, where we've been broken by people, hurt by others, and we lose trust, we lose interest, and we just want to stick to what we think is best. And trauma will make you think that you do know best. But let me let me promise you something. There is no one better who knows you better than God. Not because he's God, but because he made you. And also because he made you in his image. So who's going to know you the best? Know you beyond the womb. And I, I really want to just squash down stubbornness and ignorance and pride because these things will get in the way and cut off our our closeness to God and also cut off our calling. Like, people always want to ask, well, God, what's your will for me? What do you want? And he's like, you're not even listening. I need you to be in my presence. I need you to obey me. I need you to read your word. I need you to stop sleeping with these men. I need you to stop drinking out with the girls. I need you to stop parting parting on the weekdays. I need you to stop smoking weed. I need you to stop wearing clothes that are too provocative. I need you to stop poking at that butt on the Instagram. Y'all, is this me just ranting? On Thanksgiving, I saw this girl literally like post a Bible verse and be like, God is great. And then the next picture, she was in the mirror like sticking her whole, you know what out, like with the thong on. And I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> like you know, it's like we be so hypocritical asking God, like, God, what do you want? And he was like, you just, mm. he's like, you like my power, but you don't like my principles. That's literally what God's saying. And when it comes, when it boils down to, okay, God, I want to obey your truth. Like that, that rarely comes from us. He's like, I want you to obey me. I am, I am the true authority. I know what's best for you. I have plans for you, for you to prosper in them. And you have the audacity to ask God, what's your will for me? When you're sticking your butt out on Instagram and denying everything that I'm saying, and you wonder why you're confused, it's like you you can't please both. And a lot of people are in love with God's power, but not His principles. They love the idea of God can can work miracles and He could do this in my life and provide for me and give me purpose. But when it boils down to the law. When it boils down to being obedient to him, everybody just wants to run the other way. And I'm not trying to cut off grace. I'm actually trying to extend it because that we all sin. We all have stuff we lack in, but there is a lack of willingness that people have to, in today's day of age. People are less willing to be obedient to God. They think that a repost of, 
that a that a picture of themselves with a long caption praising God is enough. But baby, that can't please him. If if you're spending no time in your prayer closet, in your word, working on yourself, like God's not asking, what do we say, y'all? He's not asking for perfection. He's just asking for willingness. And how is he how is he going to provide for you if he's not even seeing you provide for yourself? Just give that some uh uh what what was the what's the term I'm thinking of food thought food for thought thought for food food for thoughts food for thoughts was that right let's get back to talking about the Pharisees that's where we were at these overly religious people had Jesus right in front of them and they denied Jesus seeing him in the flesh they, Jesus was pouring, was performing miracles in front of them and they denied him. How many times have we seen the goodness of God be performed right in front of us and we deny it? And then we get mad at God. God, why weren't you here doing this? And he's like, because you didn't invite me. God, why is this happening in my life? Because you pushed me out. God, how did I end up in this situation? Because you chose your own way. I told you not to go. I was actually standing in front of you, waving my arms, telling you not to go. And you still went. And you're going to be mad at me? And it's like, I, I, I see this vision. And I just see Jesus in front of us. And he's pointing which way we should go. And we're covering our eyes. And he's just telling us, if you want to see which way I want to take you, just take your hands off your eyes. But instead we like these. We just keep them on. Noah God, I'll walk over here. <laughs> With our eyes closed, God just wants us to open our eyes. And he's like, this is what I've set out for you. This is what I've intentionally made for you. Because each and every single one of you guys who are watching this has a purpose, has a calling, has a job in, in the kingdom of God. And, he's, and he has a room for you. He has a place for you. And he's just like, come. I'm inviting you. I just need you to say yes. Like a real yes. Not just like, yeah. He's like, I need a yes. I don't want you to say yes and then never come in my house. Say yes and step in here with me. Because a lot of people will say yeah, but never be in the presence of God. Words need to be followed through with actions. That's why it says faith without works is dead. You cannot proclaim faith and do nothing about it. They go hand in hand. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And there's countless times in the Bible where I, I would like to say that pretty much all the stories in the Bible is people rejecting God or not knowing what's going on. Like it's a, it's a lot of clueless people who don't understand what's going on in their lives and crying out to God. Like, what am I supposed to do? Or even people just being like, mm, no, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Like David and Bathsheba. You think God wanted that to happen? No, like David made, made that decision to pursue 
to pursue her. And it, in the Bible, it's just countless times of us denying God and just going against what he says and then at his feet like, why? And this is this is our lives just in general. Um, this isn't even just stuff that happens in the Bible. This is what happens on a day-to-day basis. But I think the biggest thing we need to circle back to is the cross and what God did for us because we like to carry our carry out our will the majority of the time. In the Old Testament, it talks about how people were literally choosing to praise false gods. People were committing adultery and murder and um, idolatry and all these other things that were just evil and goes against everything that God says. And our will has violated God's will so much that he had to humble himself before us to die on the cross for the things we terminated. That's how bad our will is. That's how bad our sin is. We can't do anything about it. To where God had to come and die for us? A law that we violated? Correcting the law that he made even though we broke it? On a day-to-day basis? And... We need to, like, the the cross is so important because he came to fix the things that we just ran to the ground. And he died for us. And he put his son on the cross. Flesh, like, died to his flesh. But with that being said, God died to your flesh, babe. Your flesh sucks. Your flesh absolutely sucks and your flesh is going to be your number one uh, enemy. And I, I've had this issue, this little thing going on the past few weeks and I was talking to a few friends um, about it because I didn't know how to go about it and God finally gave me a revelation on it and it came perfect timing because now I get to share it with you guys and I I was going through a stage to where I felt like I'm spiritually and mentally capable and knowledgeable I mean not fully because I'm not always going to receive the best wisdom and I'm not like the highest wisest woman um but I I feel like I correspond a lot with truth I know what the Lord is doing, not just in my life, but through other people. I see the way he moves and I I speak truth into myself through his word, through his promises and everything can comprehend it except for my body. So let's take, I don't even know what to call it anymore because it doesn't even feel like anxiety. But when I have quote unquote anxiety, when I feel like like this makes me feel a certain way my spirit in my mind feels safe because it knows the truth but my body reacts and it's so weird and I'm like huh how is it that I know truth and I and I feel at peace eternally but my flesh is freaking out right now and God told me he said because your flesh hates you Your flesh actually despises you and it's lying to you. 
I was like, what? So all these months of me trying to correlate my spirit, my mind, and my soul with my body is is actually pointing to a bigger revelation that they're not supposed to correspond with one another because when Jesus died on that cro- on that cross his flesh died but he was brought back to life with what the spirit so now that the spirit is living with me and my flesh is pretty much dead my flesh is not going to not going to be able to comprehend what the spirit holds because my flesh sucks and i i brought up some verses and the biggest one I found is Romans seven fourteen through 25. This is kind of a tongue twister. Bear with me. It's kind of hard to say. I'm not even going to sit here and lie. And it says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer myself who does it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not know the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do... It is no longer I who does it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of what the law of sin has worked within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue rescue me from this body that is subjected to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. How powerful. If this just blew over your head, we're going to chop this down real quick because it's so important. This is, this is actually amazing news. Your temptations, your intrusive thoughts, those evil desires, They're not really you. It's your flesh lying to you. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out because evil is right there next to me. Why is it next to me? Because I am a spiritual being in an unspiritual body. So the things that are evil that that want to carry out It's not my spirit, but it is my flesh that is deceiving me. Where is it? It said, as it is, it is no longer I myself who does it, but it is the sin living in me. My flesh is sinful. My flesh freaking hates me. No wonder it's not listening to the truth I'm speaking into it. No wonder it hates me. It hates truth. Sin and God can't be together. And my flesh wants to be, and my flesh, of course, is going to deny every ounce of truth I'm trying to speak into it. 
And it actually talks about in Jeremiah 17, 9, how the heart is deceitful and it shouldn't be trusted. Your own heart is lying to you. And this is why you shouldn't do things based off of emotions. I know a lot of people who say, well, I just feel. Well, I don't feel like that's right. And I just want my feelings to be validated. Oh, I'm going to hurt somebody right here. I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) I just want my feelings to be validated. Feelings? Okay. But are you being wise? Are you being righteous? There's a difference. Your heart will consistently lie to you. It, It says that. Jeremiah 17, 9, you can look it up. The heart is deceitful. It will lie to you. It plays tricks on you because your flesh wants to go go against everything that God says. So, of course, when situations come up, we want to carry through things in our will because we go based off of feelings. Like, because what's our nature? It's sin. So we go based off of our feelings, our own thoughts, what our heart says, and it it actually cuts off our calling and causes distance between us and God by doing that. Because when we rely on ourselves, it's not we're relying on the spirit that's in us. It's we're relying on our flesh when it's our will. When it's God's will, he could speak to me through the spirit that lives in me. But when it's my will, my selfishness, my thoughts, my desires, all comes from the flesh, babe. And you got to die to this thing. And you can't be scared of it because Jesus already won. He already resurrected from, from all of this. With him, you will gain eternal life. Your flesh will lead to death. This thing is serious. Mm-mm. Do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Do not lean on your own un- understanding. Oh, and I forgot about this. Oh, this verse is so nasty. I forgot to put this in here last minute. Romans 8, 7 through 8. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. This verse is so disgusting. You literally cannot please God, let alone you can't submit to him if you're being obedient to your flesh. It's not that you won't. It's you actually can't. You can have no submission to God just because you want to carry out your own ways. So my question to you is, how can you say you're a real follower of Christ if you're following your mind and not the spirit? There is a real will. And that is God's. And he's asking us to submit to him. And he's like, but you can't submit to me if you're submitting to yourself. How many of us has made us our own God? We know, we know everything that's right. We know the big decisions that should be made. And he's like, can you submit to me? Can you put this at my feet and trust that I'm going to provide for you? That I'm going to speak truth and life over you? He's like, your flesh hates you. Don't listen to yourself. (laughs) Listen to the spirit. Listen to me that dwells in you. Read my word. 
You have open communication to me through prayer. Sit with me. Talk to me. You want to know what your will is? Sit down with me. Read what I have to say. You want to know the purpose I, purposes I have for you? Look at the evidence and the goodness I've demonstrated throughout your whole life. Mm-mm. And in that next chapter, Romans 8, after that huge verse I said earlier, which is your flesh sucks, it hates you, for sin lives in you. This is the good news. Romans 8, 1 through 2. And it's the first verse of the chapter. Therefore, there's no, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So not only has God won, but he set you free from this too. And when you choose God and like how I said like I was just in this process where my flesh hated me and I was like why does my flesh hate me why is it going against all the truth I'm saying and he's like because your flesh doesn't own you anymore so now it's trying to attack you you chose me but I have set you free from your flesh that your flesh doesn't dictate what you do and don't do. You're not fully ruled by your flesh anymore. Now you understand the sinful nature of it. But guess what? I want it. So you don't even have to worry about it because I want it. All you got to worry about is keeping your eyes on me. That's how simple it is. It's that simple. Just keeping your eyes on the king. He's like, you don't need a, like, we like to pull out nunchucks and knives and, a, and swords and freaking blickies and guns at the enemy when it's in the, in the things that are tempting us. When he's like, just keep your eyes on me. Like, literally, just look, just look at me. And I already won that battle. You're like replaying and putting yourself in a battle that I already won. And the enemy, I feel like the enemy looks at us whenever we try to fight him. Just like, what is she doing here? Like, you know, like God already went and won that battle for us. I don't know. That's just like a lot that I had. And last thing I want to talk about is the enemy's will. Did I close out that last thing pretty well? Our will. Okay. Let's kind of wrap it up in a, in a whoopie doo real quick. How can you pursue God's will more than your own? Get in your word. Prioritize prayer. Serve. Love other people. That is one of the greatest commandments. Love one another. Serve one another. If your mom asks you to do the laundry, do it and don't complain. Some of y'all, that's going to be hard this week. I challenge you. Do something. Prioritize it every day. So it grows your relationship with God even more. It could be something small. It could be something big. Meditate on the word. Read it. Obey. Listen to God. Sit in his presence. Even just worship. And say, you know what, God? I'm tired of doing what I want to do. I want to be in the presence of you. I want to. I know you know what's best for me. So I'm going to listen to you. And you guys can find that 
through community, if you need help, if there's situations you guys have, if you guys have friends or um, parents or older authority or pastors, a youth pastor, whoever it may be that you can reach out to and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this in my life and I need guidance. What would God do about this? What does it say in scripture? He's written everything in a book. You just got to open it and read it. If you want to know God's will for you, it's written. Just open it, babe. So last, the enemy's will. And we only got 10 minutes left, but I can make this like two, two minutes. This thing is going to be short. What is the enemy's will? It is one verse, John 10, 10. And this is all I got to say about this man. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his direct will. Satan wants to be like God in terms of position and not by influence. Do you think Satan would send himself down in a, in a human fleshly form to die for creation? He would never do that. Because why? Satan hates you. Satan absolutely hates us. He hates God's people. He hates God's creation. He is selfish. He is prideful. He's deceiving. And he's also subtle. And the difference between our will and the enemy's will is that the enemy attacks, still kills, and destroys. There's been um, multiple people and stories I've heard um, of tragic things that have happened to people. And I've even talked to some people um, where something really awful has happened to them. Like, not just like, oh, like, this happened at school. Like, some real stuff. Like, I'm talking like criminal, disgusting, evil like terrible things beyond my imagination and uh, just completely disgusting and evil. Yeah, that has happened to people. People have been through a lot of stuff that sucks. And I don't know what your thing is that sucks. But let me tell you this, that wasn't God's intention. And there's been people I've met who told me some things that were really evil and they asked me, they said, why would God let this happen? Or why did God do this to me? And it wasn't God. And that, and that's, the, that's how I answer it. And I'm like, it's not God, actually. There's someone that actually is attacking you and wants to hurt you and cause separation between you and God. And God isn't the one to blame here. There was this YouTuber, um, me and my mom were watching, and her parents died in a in a car accident. They were on a on a two way street, like they were going this way, they were going this way. It was like only a mile from their house. They were just driving home, and uh, there was a drunk driver, and he swerves and he hit the car, and both of them both of them passed away. And this YouTuber was so sad. She was like on her channel, like talking about how her parents passed because she would make videos with her parents. And she said, you know, I, I don't understand why God would do this to me. I don't understand why, why God would do this to my parents and take this away from me. And she's like, and I know 
everything happens for a reason. She's like, but I know this isn't from God. She's like, because I keep asking the question, why would God do this? And I'm like, because mm, it's not God who did it. And I don't know whatever that thing is in your life that has hurt you, that has caused you harm. But that's not from God. And he actually sympathizes with you. He wants to sit with you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. And he wants to speak life into you. Because there have been so many things that have been evil and just like, oh, not even just from people I know, but even just stuff I see on the internet or like sitting at a sermon, hearing stuff that people have gone through. There's no way that's from God because God is good. He is just. And um, I talked about in the in the episode before this that bad things that happen isn't because God intended it to, but because it's a byproduct for from the freedom he has given us so we could love him, so we could choose him, just like how he chose us. And that's just one of the downsides to life is that there's suffering, there's pain. But in the midst of all of that, there is love and love powers overall. And God powers overall. God has his hand over each and every single one of you guys. He loves you. He sees you. He wants to invite you into his place. Wants to sit down with you and love you and heal you. And have you rest in him. So I encourage you guys, like I said earlier, find something this week that gets you closer to God. If it's a book, if it's doing a devotional, if it's writing. Even if it's just sitting and telling him, God, I know you saw this happen, but now I'm ready to talk about it. I want to talk to you about it. God, I'm ready. I feel this for somebody who's listening. Whatever has happened in your life, I just want to challenge you to ask God to invite him in that place that you've closed off to everyone. Because that's the door he's been knocking at and you know it too. There's someone who needs this. He's just knocking at somebody's door. He's like, I've been sitting here for years knocking. (laughs) Open up that door. He's like, let me come in and get this situated. Because I didn't wreck this house. And neither did you. Let me come in. Let me come in. Let me fix. Let me heal. And just invite God into your morning, your day out school, your workout, whatever it may be, just invite him because he's ready to, to just start just amazing things in you and abide by his will. He knows what's best. We don't know what's best. Like I always said, we deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. Our heart is deceitful and we should only rely on the heart of God. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that for today you guys thank you for listening thank you for joining um yeah oh my gosh uh you guys i just want to give like a little like praise thank you i love you guys moment on instagram like literally i'm we're almost at 10k that's so cool like i'm just so amazed how god has been growing this platform and how he's moving through each and every single one of you and seeing 
the results of that and hearing the praise reports and just seeing how God is moving through your guys' lives is so amazing. I'm so blessed he's using me as a vessel and um, I get to be a witness to that as well. I just feel very abundantly blessed and thankful. So thank you to you guys and mostly thank you God just for using me, for moving through other people and that I get to, I get to see it. And it increases my faith. Me doing this makes me more faithful. And I'm just so blessed, blessed for him and just everything that has been so um, intentionally designed recently. And things like I haven't imagined quite yet has been coming to life. So thank you, God. Thank you, y'all. Um, I pray that you guys have an amazing week. Uh, it's holiday season. I know you guys are stressed, so take it easy. Um, rely on him first. Seek him first. Um, it's stressful times right now. So take some stress off um, just by going to him and putting um, those things that are stressing you out at his feet. And his hands will heal, let me tell you. So uh, I love you guys so much. God bless be blessed not stressed i almost said stress not blessed blessed not stressed have a great rest of the week and i'll see you two weeks from now bye you guys